What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm your host, Sean Smith, joined by my co-host, Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Uh, Derek, another week down after this episode. Yeah, everybody, uh, I hope if you're out there listening today that your work week is coming to an end and you had a good week and looking forward to some football over the weekend. Yeah, and uh, hopefully... We're moving forward now towards Kentucky football, Derek, and that's what we're going to talk about now. All SEC schools have finally sent out something in regards to attendance. So before we get into Kentucky, Vandy is the only school in the SEC that will not have fans in the stands. They announced that today. What is your reaction to that? Just one school out of 14 will have none, and it's Vandy. That would have been the school I'd pick <laughs> to not have fans. All right, Vanderbilt. Uh not surprising to me that uh, Vanderbilt's not going to do that. I don't know what the case numbers are in Nashville, but already a stadium that either way was not going to have much of a home field advantage. But overall for Kentucky, I mean, one of the last holdouts out of everybody in the conference, and the plan still has not yet been formally approved as we move on talking about UK. It's supposed to be approved by the governor's office. Uh, no reason to think that it won't be. But Sean, UK, went with 20%, which is a number that had been speculated all along. And for the premium suites, uh, a maximum of 10 people are allowed to be in there. Yeah, so it'll be 12,000 people, I think, is the number that will be 20% at Kroger Field. And Derek, and they, they sent out a lot of, uh, I guess, protective measures and protocols that they're that are going to be in place at Kroger Field. I mean, there's a long list with enhanced cleaning and sanitation procedures, mobile ticketing that is now including parking passes. So if you get a ticket, you have to purchase the parking pass with it. I know that's something that there's going to be a select few that aren't going to be happy about that because they just they paid to park elsewhere. Uh, I guess, Derek, how, how would you feel about all that having to be into one? I mean, it makes sense. But then somebody else pointed out, too, I can't remember who it was yesterday, right before you might have been on the Zoom call with media, that there's no tailgating. The gates to the stadium don't open until two hours before kickoff, but the parking lot opens three hours before kickoff. So there's an hour there where you can't have any kind of, you know, loitering or anything just around your vehicle in, in groups. What are these, if these people do get in there three hours before, what are they supposed to do for that hour if they can't get in the stadium? I'm assuming there will be no catwalk either. I, that's just my guess. Oh. Yeah, to me, it sounds like they're trying to create an environment where you park, go straight to the stadium, watch the game, go straight back to your car and leave. Uh, they don't want really people hanging around. Uh, matter of fact, I'm pretty sure at some point in the email it said the only people who are, who are even going to be around. Kroger Field are going to be people who 
are attending the games. So, um, yeah, I think they've done a good job in terms of – it's a very difficult process. And the way they're going to select the ticket, who gets to go, is or the seating, I guess, is based on K-Fond points. So, whoever has, you know, donated or had season tickets for a long time, more than likely you're going to have a pretty high number in the K-Fond ranking. So, all single-game tickets this year, not even going to be – given season tickets so it's a tough thing like to me it's a real chore to go to the games this year They're, it's going to be much different than anything you've ever been through obviously um i'll be curious sean i don't know if you saw it's a little different environment at miami always kind of a place that if things aren't going super well it's hard to fill out that stadium they came i think about four thousand under their allotted number they could have had i think they were out at twelve thousand as well and they only had about 8400 show up so even though Kentucky's at that 12,000 number, do you expect that that number will be hit every game? It, it won't be, and here's exactly why. I, I talked to a friend of mine today who has season tickets, and he's been on the phone with the ticket office all morning, and they told him that a number of people have opted out for this year and decided to put their money towards next season. So a couple of texts I got from him. It said He said, whatever money you paid in for tickets will pay for tickets you purchased this year if you decide to go. Whatever's left over can be refunded or rolled over. And he said he may just opt out and roll over all of his money the next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could have a situation. I mean, I expect a lot of people too, Derek, just, just to opt out. I mean, there, there's five home games. Uh, we know the first one's a four o'clock kick, you know, which isn't what fans want you know fans most of the fans want the night game so they can get the tailgating but there is no tailgating this year so i don't know Derek. i expect maybe eight to nine thousand people will be there i tried to tell you all a few weeks ago those noon kickoffs are what you want so especially this year (laughs) they are this year because then you can get back home and you can watch some of the other games but i think it we could see a case where maybe as the year goes on you might get to that twelve thousand. If it would get into October, let's say they go and have a win at Auburn, Derek, and then they beat a couple of teams early. I mean, I'm sure people would like to go. But then again, I think people might save their money just to go next year when it's normal. Because uh, I did see somebody else that I'm close friends with. Uh, they posted, I think, on Facebook that they're just going to sit out because they don't think the environment will be as fun this year. Mm-hmm. And how how will it be as fun? I mean, 12,000 people – it's fun when it's 61,000 people and the place is going crazy. So if you – what you were saying from the email, if you've already paid, you won't have to pay anything else and your tickets will already be rolled over to next season as long as you don't go this year? That's what the tickets, ticket office told someone that I know is that they can just roll yeah. over to next year. And he actually brought up a good point that he's thinking about doing that because he's probably guessing that ticket prices may go up next year. Mm-hmm. to sort of cover uh, maybe a little bit of what's happened this season. I think the parking being included is getting a lot of people too. And, Derek, we, we don't even get into that. Like, a family of four, it's going to be even more expensive for a group to go now. Yeah. If I were in somebody's shoes and, you know, not everybody who buys season tickets is wealthy. You know, you got people who, you know, if you're buying the premium suites or whatever, yeah, you can probably afford to do whatever you want to this year and still have it next year. But if you're in a spot that it's kind of a year-to-year deal for you, buying tickets, I could t- I could totally see – to me, it makes total sense to uh, 
pay whatever you've already paid that you were supposed to have in 2020, opt out this year, try to pick back up next year. Hopefully things will be better. Hopefully the environment, even if it's not a total like how it used to be, maybe it'll still be more than 20%. I, I got to imagine by this time next year, surely uh, things will be closer to that hundred percent capacity. So it's not an easy call either. It's a very hard thing for UK. I think to, it makes sense to me to organize it based off a of K fund ranking because you're going to go with people who have probably been committed to, to spending money with UK for a number of years. And those are the people most likely to continue to, to come, I would say throughout the time, but we won't even get into it, but like college football as a whole, not, not just college football, college athletics as a whole has struggled in recent years with the TV deals, with just with, with the environment, you hear all the time about people not wanting to deal with the game day hassle of waiting in line for concessions, waiting in line to use the bathroom, spending all day out somewhere, dealing with traffic after games, whenever you can just sit at home, have a flat screen TV, uh, have whatever food you want there. Like it, it's a, it's already a challenge anyway. And then you add all these other obstacles and these other expenses, like you're talking about having to buy um, parking passes just to come. Like I, I, I think it'll be a challenge every game to get to 12,000, honestly. It will be, and it'll be interesting to see. And that's not even including, like, there is a potential virus you could get, like, you know, if you go. And that's, that's all those – that's the overlying theme is, like, yeah, some people just flat out won't feel safe going. It'll be interesting to see these games this weekend, too. Like, how many of these schools, these Power 5 schools, will meet their attendance capacity that they're limited to. Uh, it, did, it did say in the email, too, that – if season ticket holders choose to opt out of this season next year, they can renew their original seat location and parking. They don't lose their seat that they have, you know, Derek, a lot of these people have been sitting in the same spot for years and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they had to move around when the stadium was renovated. So I'm sure people don't want to give up that even if they opt out. So that is good news. Uh, so we'll do it's 20% outside 50% in the suites. But speaking of percentages, today marks the 19-year anniversary of September 11, 2001, a day that claimed the lives of so many Americans in the terror attacks on our country. The Butcher's Pub, who is the title sponsor for Kentucky Daily with locations in Palmville and Williamsburg, Kentucky, would like to offer first responders and military 30% off their meal today. So get out to those locations, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, one in Palmville, Kentucky, have a meal 30% off, enjoy some NBA basketball, some Major League Baseball, some high school football. You can check out their deals on Facebook or you can visit thebutcherspub.com. And as always, we'd like to say send out a thank you to our first responders for the sacrifices they give in our community and on this day as we remember all those who lost their lives 19 years ago today in a tragic event that none of us who are alive will ever forget. You're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll be back with more right after this. Call Bryant Law, 261-7381. This is attorney Jeremy Bryant. Have you been injured at work in the last 24 months? Contact Bryant Law. We want you to understand that every dime an insurance company keeps from you is another one they keep in their pocket. You're entitled to just compensation. So don't let the insurance company tell you what's proper. After all, you're the one who has been injured on the job. I'll evaluate your case and tell you the truth. Call Bryant Law in Corbin and get what you deserve. Visit online at jeremybryantlaw.com.
Welcome back to Kentucky Daily. Derek, yesterday was defensive day for Kentucky football media interviews. So we had defensive coordinator Brad White, Jordan Wright, and Kelvin Joseph. Uh, but the player that was mentioned for at least two to three minutes wasn't available for interviews, and that is freshman Vito Tisdale, who we've heard a lot of praise for, from Mark Stoops, from everybody. Uh, Derek, he was one of the top commitments in that class last season, and Brad White had a lot to say about him. So before we get your thoughts, let's let the listeners to Kentucky Daily know exactly what Brad White played. So here's a clip via UK Athletics. You know what? I, I think, especially down the road, I think he's got some of those those qualities that um, that attract people. You know, people like being around Vito. He's got a... Uh, you know, a really good personality in that that regard, those kind of character traits. His play, uh, you know, is uh, is dynamic at times. You know, there's a lot of things that we need to clean up, you know, in terms of technique and understanding and, uh, and play style, you know, from playing within the scheme of the defense. But he does some things that are just extremely natural. And those are things that you can't teach. You know, you can teach the, the playbook piece. You can teach, you know, where to put your eyes and, you know, um, but he, he's got he's got a knack, you know, for being around the football. Um, and he's a guy that you can see down the line could absolutely be one of these out of our leaders. I think right now his focus uh, and it's right where we want it to be. His focus is on finding his place on this defense this year. Um, we've been blessed with a lot of great uh, leadership on our team. From a leadership standpoint, we again, we're not going to put that on his plate. We, we've got guys that, that have been in this system that, uh, that can really rally around and have done a great job of actually taking Vito under their wings. Um, so we, our focus is, is finding a way to, to harness uh, his ability and, and have him help you know, get us where we want to be as a defense this year. So that was Kentucky defensive coordinator Brad White on Vito Tisdale. Derek, when you hear those comments, and we've heard them for a couple of weeks now, what stands out about this freshman in the secondary? Well, you know, I think you can certainly expect Vito to play this season, at least have an opportunity, especially with the five-game redshirt rule. But it's not just that. Like, with some of these freshmen, you'll see – you'll hear coaches say, you know, week three, week four, they might not be ready, but – Used J.J. Weaver as an example last year. Come the end of the season, he could have been playing certainly more than those four games that he did. But for Vito, when when Brad White says that they're trying to figure out the best thing they can do for him to get him on the field like now, that tells you that they're serious about playing him. And Kelvin Joseph said, I asked him what stood out about Vito, and it's just that he's always around the ball, making interceptions. We heard from, I believe, Cedric Dort earlier in camp that Vito had had two interceptions that day. At practice, and this wasn't unexpected, really. If you if you look at Vito, his kind of his prospect, where he was ranked, he still finished as an All American, but he was someone his senior year took a big hit in the rankings. At one point, whenever I put my crystal ball pick in for him, I think it was last either April or May, he was still a top 100 kid at that point. So he would have been, you know, behind Justin Rogers in last year's class, he would have been like one of the highest ranked kids had that ranking stayed the same. But he got docked for basically from what the, the analyst said was a subpar senior season and he was entering an injury, which I think had affected some of his, uh, certainly his speed. I know he went to camp and didn't really run all that well. And that was a big contributor, at least on one website as to why he dropped. 
But the kid has to be the real deal, though, Sean, because that secondary is not hurting for players. There's a lot of guys who have been on campus for more than one year who are still fighting for a spot. And for Vito to already come in and make this kind of impression, that tells you the kid's the real deal. And on Monday night, he got a comparison to, to Mike Edwards, Bob Mark Stoops, which won't be thrown around lightly. So he might be the single most impressive freshman based on, on what we've heard throughout this fall camp. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, that's that's not a group that that they desperately need people back there in the secondary making plays when you got Yusuf Corker and you got Kelvin Joseph and all these other guys back there. Uh, but like you said, Stoops threw out that praise. And I think, too, you know, the question, the first question yesterday was about if he's going to be like an instant leader for that defense. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how Brad sort of deferred it to he knows at some point this kid's going to be like a staple or a guy that they lean on on that defensive side. That's high praise, Derek, for a freshman that's never played a snap of college football. And, I mean, this isn't – he's not the first freshman that we're getting praise for this year. Jatan McLean, we've talked about him on this show. Uh, Bo Allen, we've talked about him. So, it's looking like that class, Derek, is going to end up being a very solid group for Kentucky football for the next four to five years. You know, those of us who do this for a living, who attend or listen to every press conference, like, we kind of know how it works. And I'm telling you, it is very easy for these coaches, for a young player, to just simply say, you know what, they're young, they're still learning, they're trying to figure things out. And that's a, it's a suitable answer for a young player. What Brad White said yesterday, more or less confirming that Vito's a guy that they know down the road has a chance to be a very strong leader. You just don't hear those kind of things a lot unless the kid's a real deal, just because you don't want to set them up for failure down the road. So you have to do something to prove on the court – or, sorry, on the field that you're worth being talked about that way, which, you know, those comments and things like that, I just don't think you're going to hear those kinds of things said about a kid and then them not come out and play. So which spot Vito is playing at safety, I'm not totally sure, but – if he's come in and forced his way into the rotation, one, it's gonna, it should still up the competition. But two, I mean, it might force somebody out who you would have thought at the end of last season would have a role on this team. And that's what competition does. That's what good recruiting does. And ultimately, in the next class, you want to bring in a kid who can challenge Vito. And that's how you build a program that is capable of competing for SEC championships. And it certainly sounds like this 2020 class is doing that. They're coming in kind of forcing their way into action, being talked about, and it's just going to make the team better as a whole. To steal a John Calipari line, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And uh, I think that's what you're getting at Kentucky now, Derek. There's You can't just assume that you have a spot locked in just because you got a ton of snaps the year prior. I mean, there's somebody coming for your neck every single day in practice, and that's how you build a program. Like you said, whatever Kentucky brings in this past year or this this year has to be able to challenge, you know, these guys that they have as freshmen and sophomores. And Vito's an in-state kid. Vito's a in-state signee. And speaking of in-state signees, there is a huge matchup in the state of Kentucky Friday night tonight between Frederick Douglass and North Harden. So if you're if you have the chance to be one of the few to get out there and watch that game, have they set capacity? limits for that game, Derek? I think maybe. I'm not for sure. I don't want to say something to be wrong. Yeah, I'm sure there are different limitations. Uh, I don't know what they are. Uh, I know Fayette County has been pretty cautious throughout, so I'd be surprised if they didn't have a pretty strict figure. But I don't think there was a uniform, like, I think it's kind of up to the school districts to set, but I can look that up real quick. How you were saying a minute ago, 
about there's got to be guys coming in to push the guys that are doing so well right now. Derek, that field's full of guys in the state of Kentucky that even if they don't end up at Kentucky, they're going to play high major football. Uh, there's four, is it four Kentucky football commitments on the field yep. tonight? Two from North Harden, two from Frederick Douglass. So you got Jordan Lovett, Lavelle Wright, Jagger Burton, and Dekel Crowdis. Those are the four commitments. Derek, you have the other names there in front of you of the, the guys that have Kentucky offers for future classes. Yeah, and for North Harden, um, 2023, I believe, is his last Travion Alexander. He is a massive offensive lineman who uh, I believe had already been offered by Eastern Kentucky University. So UK was his first power five, I believe. And then over at Frederick Douglass, they have Dane Key, 2022 wide receiver. At least that's what he's ranked. Uh, he's listed as a wide receiver on the websites. His father played at UK in the 80s. Um, and he is someone who, based on what I've heard so far, would, would probably be safe to say is a UK lean, but certainly not a recruitment that's finished. But he's a top 250 kid for his class. Uh, and then also in 2022, you have another kid, Ty Bryant, who I believe his dad played at UK as well. So you got quite a few kids in this game. And then 2023, I'm not sure if they have offers or if they are guys who are being looked at, but Isaiah Kenny, a project godless. And then uh, – one more kid, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he's he's actually committed to play baseball at Louisville. So I don't know how serious he is about football or what he decides. Uh, sounds like he's a phenomenal baseball player. He's already committed to Louisville at this age. Louisville, he's of quarterback, right? Is he the quarterback at Douglas? Well, they have a quarterback transfer from Washington. Thomas Howard uh, is the other 2023 offer. He's a football or sorry, baseball commitment to the University of Louisville, and. I don't know how serious of a candidate he'll be to flip his commitment to UK to play football. Uh, if he's good enough, obviously you might see Louisville sell him on both sports. But I'm trying to think of a time, Sean. I know there have been great matchups in the state of Kentucky over the years. Uh, if you're an older listener, uh, we'd love to hear feedback from you if you can think of a game like this. But I'm thinking in the time that I've been around, I don't know if one, it's not just, I don't remember a time where there's been four UK commitments played in one game first of all. And then two, you might look back on this game three years from now and see that it was seven or eight guys that signed with Kentucky. That's the possibilities we're talking about tonight. It's a mega matchup, really, in the state, and it's going to be uh, streamed on Prep Spin. If you get online, you can find that. So if you have nothing else going on tonight, if you're not getting out to a high school game uh, of your own and you want to tune in for a little bit, you know, those guys should be front and center, especially Lavelle Wright and running back. North Harden will go to him a lot. Jordan Lovett, uh, I know last year, I believe, only played defense. Um, but Jagger and Dekel Crowdis. You know, Crowdis is an exciting wide receiver. He's back at Frederick Douglass. Last season, he was at IMG Academy. So he's back in the Bluegrass State. He's eligible to play. It should be a really fun game. And certainly something that uh, for these guys who are playing in this game, they're going to be teammates next year. It'll be a great memory for those guys, especially whoever wins, because they'll have bragging rights for for, I guess, the rest of the time because I don't think those two teams will play again. One last thing I want to add on uh, Jordan Lovett because out of all these kids, well, I guess Wright is the lowest rank, but Lovett is a three-star safety. He was someone that I talked – he committed during April, I believe, on KSR. But he was someone – I talked to a few guys, and they all thought that had this been a normal year where he could have gone to camps based on his measurables and things like that and how he would perform, they thought he could be a four-star caliber kid. So – he might be another guy that we see who is around 500-ish in the country, which is a solid three-star overall. 
who comes in and impresses right away. I'm not saying he's going to be like Vito and come in and kind of command that kind of respect, but someone that down the road could be a very, very good player for Kentucky. One thing I'm seeing right here as we wrap up, uh, Roman Harper, who has been very high on Terry Wilson, Derek, he put his he has his list of ultimate SEC quarterback in his clutch gene. He put Terry Wilson as his clutch gene for SEC quarterback. So very interesting. Yeah, I mean Terry uh, has one game winning drive right uh, against he, Missouri. He does pretty clutch so, in the swamp too, and that big one. Another thing, so. yeah, he was. Uh, you know, another thing too is just with the quarterbacks this year. There's not as many kind of clear cut guys like. It's kind of kind of crazy to me, but you're seeing like Bo Nix has Heisman odds this year, <laughs> and like he was SEC Freshman of the Year, but there was a lot of controversy surrounding them because everybody thought uh, Derek Stingley at LSU deserved it. So it's kind of a, a year with the quarterbacks that we just don't really know what to what to expect. I mean, Terry could certainly make a move to be one of those talked about guys at the end of the year. Yep. Uh, but it's finally a football Friday in the bluegrass, a day that I don't think a lot of us really thought would happen. As early as, what, four to five weeks ago, we were actually preparing an episode to talk about it not happening. But thankfully for these kids, they're getting the opportunity to play. We're going to get the opportunity to watch Derek, and we'll have an opportunity to talk about it on Monday's episode. Uh, Derek, you have a great weekend. You all listening to Kentucky Daily kick back, watch some college football, watch some NFL football this weekend, relax, and we'll be back on Monday to bring it all to you again. You're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll see you next week. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.